0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين استطاعوا أم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من شكر الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان ابراهيم كان هموميا خالدا لله حنيفا ولم يكن من المشركين شاكرا لانهم اِجْتَبَاهُ وَهَدَاهُ إِلَىٰ صَدَقَ Most respected mothers and sisters in Islam. The discussion today is evolving around how we can become successful parents taking from the example and from the lives of two very great women. Every woman's aspiration is that she must be a successful mother, she must be a successful person in every sense of the word, and especially it is as a mother that a woman would leave behind some legacy and therefore she would be very desirous of leaving a very rich, rich legacy, something that will keep the good continuing. So this is the aspiration of every woman and therefore what better inspiration can we take than taking inspiration from two very very successful women who were not just successful in the sense that we may think about but far beyond our imagination. They were the mothers of two great nations. The mothers In whose progeny Ambiya alayhi salatu wasalam came. One was Hazrat Sara alayhi salam and the other was Hazrat Haja alayhi salam, the wife of Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu Both these women were women of a very great position and status. Hazrat Sara alayhi salatu all the Ambiya of the Bani Israel came in her progeny. After Ibrahim, in fact, all the Umbiyyah who came into the dunya were either from the progeny of Hazrat Sara or Hazrat Hajra. Hazrat Hajra's progeny, what more can be said that Sayyidina Rasulullah came in her progeny? So, this is something that they had such a great legacy that they left behind such great, progeny young children who were the Anbi'ah of Allah Now, when we want to take a lesson from somebody, a lesson is to be taken from those who have lived a very noble life, who have left behind great lessons for us, and indeed these great women left very great lessons. So therefore, we would be just thinking obviously to go through the entire life history of these great personalities, this is an impossibility, but we would be taking some incidents of their lives and drawing the lessons there from, taking the inspiration from these lessons and this is what the whole object and purpose of these discussions are. History, the discussion of history is only useful to the extent that a person can take some good lesson out of it. As our human al says that what is the benefit of knowing that Napoleon was born of art. That's also history, but it is futile to have that bit of information because it doesn't serve any purpose to us to anybody else. But that part of history which has a lesson in it for us. And these great personalities, they have inscribed very, very great lessons in their lives of in, the, in the history of their lives. And this is what we wish to take, and this is what we should learn from. One is to take the incident home, but more than taking the incident home, we should be taking the lessons home. Taking the lessons home doesn't mean that we take it and leave it at home. Taking it home means it becomes part and parcel of our lives. This is the objective. Coming first with the some of the incidents of the Saraya the very well known incident is but the time that Ibrahim salallahu alayhi in sallam was, driving, was around, being and on the way he was apprehended by this oppressive king so this is an incident that we have heard on many occasions that Ibrahim salallahu alayhi wa while he was on the way this oppressive king was informed that there is somebody who is now passing your territory and he has Alongside some woman who is a very beautiful woman, this oppressive king, part of his evil was that if anybody was passing by and if he took a fancy to some woman, he would have her kidnapped and brought to him. Then, if the person who was alongside was the husband, he would be killed also. If he was not the husband, some other male relative, the father, the brother, somebody, he would spare him, but he would, in any case, kidnapped that lady that was traveling. So here again he was informed that this is what is the position and immediately he sent out his henchmen to go and capture the Kisara and bring her. So first Ibrahim was brought and he was asked that who is that lady that is traveling with you. So he replied and said that it is my sister. Because he knew that there is the the oppression of the scene as soon as he knows so and so is the husband verse that days going to be killed so he said it is a sister and in his mind he made that intention that she is also my Muslim sister she is my Muslim sister though obviously on another level she is his wife any case he came and told her that look this is the answer I gave and there is no other believer on this earth at this time besides you and me so if he, he asks you anything this is what he reply. any case then the people of this king came and they took him, Sarah away. Now when she was put ushered into the presence of this king, he now immediately that evil was in him, so he stood up and walked towards her. Now there are various details in this narration. In one narration, which is narrated by the Kati Ali, he says that as soon as this person started coming towards her, she immediately got busy with salah. She started performing salah. And she continued making this dua. اللَّهُمَ إِنْتَ الله If you know, and obviously Allah knows everything, but what she is presenting before Allah is the amal that she has done, that Ya Allah, you are aware that I have brought iman on you, I have brought iman on your Rasul and your Messenger. And Ya Allah, if you are aware that I have maintained my chastity completely, nobody but my husband has touched me, then Ya Allah, if this is the case, don't allow this believer to have any power over me. And as soon as she made this dua, she was engaged in salah, and in that salah she made this dua, and this person was busy coming towards her, but as he approached her, فَغُطَّ One narration states that he first he became paralyzed, and then he fell to the ground choking, and gasping for breath, and heaven. now it was his last moment, he was dying. So in that moment also, he pleaded with her that please make dua because he realized that this person is on some different level. He pleaded with her, please make dua that I am relieved of the situation and I will not harm you. Now, this is the heart of those who are truly the servants of Allah. That despite whatever now has just transpired, the evil intentions of this person, the evil that he is now trying to subject this lady to. But when he pleaded for mercy, she immediately made du'a, and he was relieved of the difficulty. But as soon as he was relieved, and then a short while later, again he started coming with the same wrong intention. So immediately she again started the same procedure. She turned to Allah wa ta'ala and made the same du'a again, and Allah wa Taala caused this person to fall again the second time, choking and gasping and now life is leaving him but again he pleaded to her for the second time now she the same. she made dua again Allah Allah believed him and part of the dua, he said, ya yeah, Allah if this person dies now, I am going to be accused you will now accuse me of killing him I will be a greater problem so Allah Allah believed him but again the third time he came and this is unfortunately our situation as well when we are in a tight corner when we are in a fixed when we are in a difficult situation you are in some desperation. Then we said, Ya Allah, I will be very obedient to you. Ya Allah, I will do whatever you have commanded. Ya Allah, take this deliberately away. Ya Allah, in future I will not to any of these sins. I will not do this then will not do that. And I will perform all my lifetime salah regularly on time. And I will adopt Tarda and I will throw all the evils out of my home. We make a lot of promises with Allah. And Allah, Allah brings down his mercy to us. Brings down His Rahmat. Then we forget that what was the situation, what was the difficulties. Allah Ta'ala speaks about the Mushrikeen, that this was their way. Allah Ta'ala says when the Mushrikeen used to be traveling in the oceans and when the huge waves would suddenly come over them, like a cloud over them, like a complete canopy over them. And now it's obviously going to crash upon them. It's not going to stay suspended in the air. So at that time you can see death staring them in the face. Now these are Mishriqin, they were idolaters. They were describing part as in Allah. Ta'ala. But they realized at that moment our idols can do nothing. Da'Allah, muhri al-Huddin. Then they would turn to Allah Ta'ala very very sincerely. Allah only you can save us. They forget all their idols. But falamma'anajjahu ilal-barri idahu Mushikun. But no the sooner they are brought to shore, they start with their idols again. They forget Allah d'la. So this is the one condition, unfortunately, in some instances and in some, to some level, that when we are in difficulties, we are in hardships, we turn to Allah Taala. When Allah shows in rahm, when Allah Taala removes the difficulty. We forget Allah d'la. That should not be the case. We should be turning even more to Allah Taala in such a case. In any case, after three times the same thing happened, he then called his people and said, "You didn't bring a human being to me." You brought a shaitan. What he referred to actually was that this is some something, something supernatural about them. This is what he meant. And he said, please return her to Ibrahim, alayhi because he knew that the person alongside her with her was Ibrahim, alayhi salam. So return her to Ibrahim, s. S. And He also gave her Hadra. who was now there's two narrations in this. One is that she was a servant, a slave and he gifted the slave to her, Sarah Another yeah. narration states that this slave who was the Ali alayhi wa who later became the wife of Imam salam as well, she was his daughter. And he even said to her at that time that it is be better for you to be living with this woman than to be living with the king of the land. In any case, we come to this point just now but she Jip ten Adat, Hadirah before Sara Alayhi and she was relieved from this difficulty and she returns Ibrahim alayhi When she comes, Ibrahim as alayhi salam was what is he doing? It is stated in the hadith that from the time that she left, from the time that she was taken away, he turned to Allah in Salah. On the one side when she was now being approached with this evil intention she turned to Salah. And from the time she was taken away, Ibrahim Salah, was in Salah. And when she returned, he was still in Salah. And by indication, he made an indication that, is everything fine? Because he didn't know what was going on. Maybe she has been brought along. She just immediately said, Allah, Allah has saved me from the evil schemes and thoughts of the disbeliever. And Allah made this gift come along. And he gave us this slave as a gift, this servant as a gift. So, what we learn from this is there are many, many lessons in this. The one lesson is that this difficulty came, but what was the solution that they sought? They didn't seek the solutions in between things. The solution they sought was with Allah. So, Ibrahim, sallallahu Alaihi wa turned to Allah. Salam, Salam. Salam, Salam. 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 Many a times if you have many difficult things, many problems before for many people, person might sometimes have some jinn problems, some jabba problems. They sit five hours in the queue for an army, but find it very difficult to make dua for five minutes. To make two Salatul catsalaatul And to make and Muslim, very difficult. But to stand five minutes in the queue for that no harm, provided whatever it is, whatever steps are being taken to remove the difficulty, provided that that is within the limits of and Deen, then it's not wrong, it's not permissible, one is not prohibited from it. One will engage in that, but the Tardeer, the correct sequence of things, is first a person turns to Allah. First we seek Allah, Turaka, Salatul Hada, Dua, Sansadaqa then we adopt the purpose of the means, the means within the limits of Sharia, And then to Dua will be a continuous thing. So one thing is we learn that in every difficulty we must turn to Allah, to Allah sincerely from the depths of our hearts. Then the other thing is that what comes to the aid of a person in the moment of difficulty. In the moment of difficulty with the Fadal of Allah the of Allah comes on a person's righteousness. A person who has been obedient to Allah When this tyrant king, this oppressive king, was making the evil approaches, at least time he was fallen, and being dropped to the ground, and choking to death, he eventually said to her, that how the word he used, the word he used was, that ma rabb, rabbuki alayya. That how obedient your Rabbi is to you, when you are making du'a to him. Now, obviously, Allah Tala doesn't need to obey anybody. Allah Tala and mercy, but the word he used, because he thought, he thought of it in those terms. But what the reality is, and she, or she replied to him, she replied to him and said, in إِنْ أَطَعْتَهُ She replied to him and said, if you are obedient to Allah Tala, Allah Taala will fulfill your needs as well. Allah Taala will take care of your difficulties and hardships, move that as well. So, the lesson she taught us, Sarah A.S., you see the lesson she taught, that you want to have the help of Allah Ta'ala in your difficult times, be obedient to Allah Ta'ala in your good times. A person who is obedient to Allah Ta'ala in ease, Allah's help comes to that person in adversity. But in ease a person forgets Allah, Ta'ala, and now in adversity, a person is crying out, the Indians also find this to be a strange voice. So in any case, this is another very really great lesson we learned, that we want to help Allah in our situations, difficulties, we need to turn to Allah in obedience. Together with that, the specific lesson we learned here is, that when Sarah turned to Allah in dua, what did she present? What she presented first was her iman. Ya Allah, you know very well that first Imam in Europe and Imam in the Rasul, alayhi salatu sallam And then the second thing she presented was, Ya Allah, you know full well that illa ala That I have protected my chastity. And Ya Allah, you remove this difficulty. She presented the protection of chastity as her safeguard. She presented the protection of chastity as her saviour in this moment of difficulty. This is a very great thing in the court of Allah, that a person makes suffer from all the temptations, and especially in the zaman that we are living in, where all the haram can happen at the press of a button, all the illicit chatting that goes on, all the other evils that take place via the social media, and then other things that one thing leads on to another, and what not happens, and this haram that takes place, these evils that then become dominant in a community, this invites the wrath of Allah So, on the one hand, these evils invite the wrath of Allah on the other hand, those who protect themselves, those who suppress their nafs and desires, the haram that is, that shaitan whispers in their hearts, that the nafs moves a person towards, pulls a person towards, those who adopt stubbornness and they don't give in to these haram temptations and desires and they protect their chastity, they do not allow any haram to come close to them, then this is a safeguard for them from all the calamities of dunya, it is a means of great protection for them in dunya also, let alone the great rank they get in It is a means of great farak and blessings of Allah Ta'ala So all this is as a result and the means of aiding, uh, as a means of protection, protecting one's chastity. We find all this is the discussion of Salaam alayhi but the same lesson in the life of Maryam alayhi as well. When she was blessed with this child to be born, her Jameel alayhi came to her in human form. Because his alayhi wa had no father, miraculously he was born only from his mother, Maryam alayhi but the manner in which this happened was Allah the the wa sallam in human form and he came and blew into her mouth or blew into her collar and as a result she conceived out of this. But when she saw this human form in front of her she didn't know at that time it was an angel. And what did she immediately do? What was her immediate reaction? Now she is a young woman and there is an angel in human form we can well imagine the beauty of that human form. But this is an angel of Allah after all. And he has come in human form, but what is her immediate reaction? Her immediate reaction is: Allah, inni That I seek the protection of Allah from you. If indeed you are pious, you have the fear of Allah, tala, you have taqwa, because it is only taqwa that will prevent a person from committing haram. So she immediately reacted. I seek Allah's protection from you. This is the protection from all haram that she sought, that she must not get anywhere close to anything forbidden. So this was the greatest concern that my chastity must not be tainted in any way. Because this is the protection and safeguard from so many things. So one is ourselves, our daughters, how we bring them up, where we send them, what we do, how we allow them to conduct themselves, all these things are of paramount importance. And as mothers, our greatest responsibility to our daughters is that we instill in their hearts imam, we instill in their hearts deen, and we protect and safeguard their chastity in every way until they are finally, Allah Ta'ala willing, granted good spouses and they move on in life. But until that time, it is the parents' responsibility to take care of them and, in particular, to be guarding and protecting them so that they are not tainted in any way whatsoever not even uh, via social media, or any chatting, whatever the case may be. Allah will make it easy for one and all. In any case then, the other lesson that we get out of this is, that (laughs) her father, she did what she could, Ibrahim did what he could, to make themselves, or save themselves from any difficulty, any haram. When they made their efforts, Allah made the unseen help come along, and Allah created means from where they could not have imagined it. Like in the case of Prophet ﷺ, he was locked behind doors, he was now behind locked doors, and he's been invited for his haram, and he immediately came, قَالَ مَعَاذَ إِنَّهُ رَبِّي I seek the protection of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has been so kind to me, is this the repayment of the kindness of Allah Ta'ala, that I'm disobey him. And then he did what was in his capacity. He ran towards a locked door, which he knew was locked. But when he did what was in his capacity, Allah Ta'ala caused those locked doors to open miraculously. The so Sahaba did what was in her capacity. She could turn from Allah Ta'ala at that time. She could make dua. She could do what she did before that, keeping herself safe from every haram. Allah Ta'ala made the unseen system come into play. And this tired king was now brought to his knees, brought to his death almost. And he was totally he helpless. He had to now seek help from her. Please make dua. So, this is what we have to always be conscious of that we have to do what is in our capacity. We don't shirk sure in that.
1: Then, the other lesson we learned from here when remained steadfast, she turned to Allah. Ta'ala. She did hara- not really get harassed and brought in
0: any wrong. Then, Allah Ta'ala gave her the birth of the dunya also, that now she's coming back. she's coming back with this, with a gift, with a slave woman. So, what we learn from this is, in the obedience of Allah, Allah is even the virtue of dunya, the great bounties of akhirah that is obvious, that goes without saying. But even the virtue of dunya is, is, together, it's tied together with righteous amal, with good actions with righteousness, with obedience to Allah ta'ala, with with piety, That brings barakat. Sometimes we might think that everything is dependent on a quantity, on katlas, a huge amount. The numbers must be big. But if the numbers are big and there's no barakat in it, then the bigger the number, the greater the muslimat. The more the millions, the muslimat also is likewise.
1: If there is barakat
0: in those millions, Alhamdulillah, no marabukh. And, and if these barkat, the quantity is less, and these barkat, that too will get a person's work done. The thing to aspire for is barkats. And barkat comes from the obedience of Allah. And when there's barkat, there's peace. When there's barkat, there's happiness. When there's barkat, that there wealth becomes a means of being happy and making others happy. And if the bucket has been removed, it becomes a means of one becoming miserable oneself. And it makes, brings misery to others also. So, in any case, this is another lesson that even the benefits of dunya, this too is linked to righteousness, to taqwa. And as we discussed, that salah and these are solutions. So, in any case, these are the lessons that we learned from this incident. When Hazrat Sara came along, any case, then they moved on. She was born, she had no children. And she was very desirous of children, but she had no children. Now obviously she knew full well that Ibrahim was also wishing for a child. She was even making dua for a child, what vi Hamdi ibn Asadin used to make this dua, Allah grant me pious offspring. So one day, Hazrat Sarah alayhi salatu, she said to Ibrahim. S. Now this was her name. And in those days, the slave could be freed and could be passed on. So she said to the of islam, islam, that you can marry her. Now, this is a very big thing. This is no encouragement to given here, that everybody now, we said take all the lessons home. So somebody came here to give this lesson. We're not going in that direction. We're just taking the principle out of this, before somebody misunderstands. And before we start getting some very, maybe, angry calls or something, so this is not what we are generating in any way uh, but the point here is that she had this heart to consider Ibrahim and in a way which is not easy for anyone so she passed on Hadra AS and Ibrahim AS her and eventually from her Ismail was born now this is that lesson in principle the lesson of consideration. The lesson that we don't look towards our own selves all the time. What I want, how I want it, and when I want it, and everything must be the way I want it. And the next person, well, there's very little or no consideration. Whereas in Deen, one of the major lessons we are taught in so many aspects from the life of Rasulullah and in the Quran itself, we are taught consideration for others. You look at the rights of the neighbor that are mentioned in the Quran. You look at the rights of relatives that are mentioned in the Quran, and so many other rights. In the Ahadith you find the rights of even animals. We are now in the season of Qurbani, and Alhamdulillah, when the time comes for Qurbani. People who have even the basic knowledge of the Messiah the of they take the necessary steps to ensure, for example, that one animal is not slaughtered in front of another. Now, why? Why have we been taught this? Because this is consideration for the animal. It's seen its own kind, it's seen another sheep or a goat or something being slaughtered in front of it. This would break that animal's heart. We have been taught not even to break an animal's heart. What about breaking, how we go about breaking in Sam's heart, due to lack of consideration. No care whether what we are saying, how we are saying it, whose heart is breaking, whether somebody is being hurt by this. it doesn't concern us in the but that is not what Deen has taught us, and what we have been taught is consideration of a very high level. So what we learned from the life of the Tzara Islam, and these days of Hajj and the days of Urbani these are all the reminders of this great family, the family of the bride himself, his son Hanuswar, Hadith Hajra, Hadith Sahara. These are the reminders, and these are the days that we are in. These are the lessons we should be taking. So, in any case, this very great lesson of consideration. Then we learn another aspect here is, that though Sahara was barren, but she did not give up hope. She also continued to make dua. And eventually, when she had reached an age where apparently there was no hope of a child, because even when the angels came and gave the exact tidings that Maharaj blessed the child, so she responded out of surprise that غَالَتْ يَعْقَيْنَةَ أَعْبِدُ وَأَنَ عَجُودُ وَهَاذَا غَالِي شَيْحًا إِنَّ هَاذَا لَشَيْحًّ Am I being given the exact title that I will give birth to a child? Whether I have passed the age of being able to bear a child. And my husband is also already sold. Allah said, yes, we will grant this child. And Allah said, grant it to a child. Said, what was the reason in the Middle The reason is that it's not as there is life, is hope. She expressed surprise, but there wasn't despondency, And she was asking Allah for the child or along. No. Eventually, the child came. Allah Taala kissed her with the child. Then another incident that took place in their lives was, that when these glad tidings came, one less than this. In this incident is, that Allah Allah sent the angels to come and give this grand tidings Because the is not for so the angels came in human form. When they came in human form, immediately Rahim, as soon as he saw these changes coming, he did not wait any time. The Prophet speaks about this: that is the alayhi salama salamun karun. When these changes came, they were angels, they were fresh palat, malaika, but they came in human form. As soon as they entered, they immediately perceive Anu salama. They make salama. Again, this is a very great lesson. Unfortunately, salam is dying in Muhammad. How many children enter their homes? They don't make saram. Adults enter their homes, they don't make salam. Many a husband, or sometimes even a wife, will rise up and say that my husband doesn't make salam to me, I also don't make salam to him. The husband has entered the home, does not making salam, but that's wrong thing then the wife of Allah <laughs> the salam. What kind of greeting is this? What kind of entry into the home is this? What kind of etiquette is this? But salam, the Quran speaks about salam. You enter your home make salam. It's a means of greeting, birthday coming into the home. And we fetch the salam out. We talk on the phone also, it is high, and high, we don't know what high the person is talking about, how high what's going on. So unfortunately we lost the etiquette that the Ranjani has taught us, what Baby Sasha has taught us. So in any case they came to Islam, Raivasab, we tend to turn the greeting and for Rada Ila Ahri, Fajabijdin Sameen, Fakar Rabu Irehim Fada, as soon as they were seated, he immediately just slipped out he slipped what? in no time he came with a roasted calf and he presented it to them now he didn't even first ask that uh, there must be hungry so obviously now somebody has come as a stranger and now one is somebody, with a very old friend somebody is very close to one so you ask him, you know you are hungry, he says I'm still asking we quickly to now stranger, you ask him you are hungry then it's ninety-nine point nine percent of the time he's gonna say, No, no, I'm not hungry, no Because he's not going to be so bold to just ask for something. So this is an etiquette of how to be a host. That now there are strangers coming in, he quietly flipped out and in haste Pajar and Sameen. He brought a car, host a him. and he presented it to them. But now they are not eating. They are a angels, they don't need to eat. So he now became a little bit suspicious, something is not kind of here and he became a little bit apprehensive in fact so he asked them, he became a little apprehensive they noticed that he was now becoming a little uneasy, they immediately made him feel at ease, they said follow that don't fear and they identified themselves, we are the angels of Allah and they immediately they gave him the glad tidings of his son. So what we learn in this is this aspect of Ma'am Nawazi, of entertaining the guests. Blah Allah al-Salaam, made special mention of his entertaining the guest and how he went about it. The Quran Sharif is a very concise book. And here Allah is saying how he stepped out, how he brought this calf and came, and he presented it, and he He's keeping eye on the other guests eating. What we learn is that this is a very really great part of Islamic lifestyle. Entertaining the guests. Unfortunately, this too is something dying out of our lives. And more so because we have lost simplicity. So now everything has to be done in a great style. Everything has to be done in five star style. Now to keep doing it in five star style, then it takes five star cost also, five star effort as well, and Lost it also. So then, for at least five stars or maybe five moons, they don't see another guest. So five moons must pass, then they will see another guest because of this five-star treatment. They will give one guest. Whereas what we learned from this is that what she could bring quickly, he and presented, the, There was no second There was no formalities. Whatever he presented to the guest, it doesn't have to be a five-course meal. It can be one course also, and. Whatever one can comfortably do, entertaining the guest doesn't mean that a person has to go out of the way and undertake expenses that are beyond one's budget. No, what is possible with simplicity, what is possible with ease, what presents to the guest, and more often than not, that is far more appreciated and a person is more comfortable with that. So, this is a very great part of Islamic life, the aspect of entertaining the guest. The sallallahu also emphasized this man al the person who has the iman in Allah in the last day that he should honor the guests, entertain the guests again. and what we learn from the hadith hadith sharif ibn Abbas he explains that the sallallahu says that al ila baitin that the blessings of Allah Come quicker into that home where there are guests eating than the speed with which the knife goes towards the camel hound. When a camel has been slaughtered, the delicacy among the Arabs is the hound. And the first thing that they would then cut is that hound and take that along. So, when the animal has been slaughtered, this is where the knife goes straight. So this is just a way of parable that this is done very quickly. Likewise, the blessings of Allah, and Allah rush towards that home wherein people have been fed, the guests have been fed. So this is something we must bring alive, bring alive in our homes with simplicity. Many a times people say that, well, I had some guests, but it really took me out of pocket. Why? Because I taken them out, I taken them out to eat. So now when I took them out to eat, so they all ate. And they ate a hole through my pocket. So now, poor fellow now is putting his hand through his wallet, his hand right through his wallet already gone. Because the wallet, now the, the uh, establishment, the restaurant, or whatever, he had to part with the whole, whatever contents of the wallet was. So the thing is, to the extent, in fact, one very great personality of our recent past, he once commented when he came to visit South Africa, he came from India and he says, he said to the people because he was hosted in many places and he says I can see the extravagance that is coming and he says, with extravagance <laughs> the entertaining of the guests will become a thing of the past because you can't keep doing it at this level and now you need it once and then you have to maintain that and that's not possible that the five-star treatment you gave, one person as you mentioned in five moons you want to see another guest so, keep it simple, find one or two things, but you keep it simple it's something that will be sustainable also. In any case, this was some lessons we learned in the life of us, uh, Sayyidah Sara and the beautiful example that she sent for us in many aspects. Coming to the life of Hazrat Hazra, as we mentioned, when the tired king gave her over as a gift, According to one narration, she was actually his daughter and when giving her over, what she said was that it is better for you to live as a servant in this woman's house than live as a queen in another palace. And live as a queen in a palace, you are better off living as a servant in this woman's house. Now whatever he himself was, but she was thinking straight in this one regard. Unfortunately, many a times, we only think in the line of material comforts, material possessions and benefits as being what is best for our children, even if it is at the cost and expense of deen. Whereas that is totally wrong, what is most important is that we must impart deen for our children, and instill the jewelry and the pearls and the ornaments of akhlaq and deen in their lives. The greatest diamonds we can give them are the diamonds of Haya. That is the best, most shining, sparkling diamonds beyond the Kohimu also. What is diamonds of this world? If just to take it as an example, if some woman got married, she was the most beautiful woman around, most wealthy, and she got married to somebody who had made great efforts to try to get married to her. Now she got married. So now his he hearts, aspirations, now he's finally seen the day come true. But unfortunately, now she's come with all those dazzling and sparkling lanterns and pearls and necklaces and everything and the gold all over her hands and bangles and whatever else. So all that wealth is there, everything is there. But when she comes into his house, she starts talking in a very abrupt way and she starts talking in a way that is very rude. Can you imagine already the shocking hit? And then the next hour or so, she's already talking verbal languages to him. He will be wondering what happened. What? What? What did I really do here? And by the third next morning, in fact, he'll be wondering how can I get out of this whole thing. Now she's still wearing all those necklaces, studded with all those diamonds. She still got that gold bangles on her hand. She's still wearing all those pearls and she's wearing the same fine garments and clothing which are worth maybe hundreds of thousands of rands. That price, priceless diamonds will be there, but he cannot even bear to look at her. All the beauty is still there also, but he cannot even, it's a pain for him to even look at her. And he will be the other way anyway around as well. Somebody got married to the most eligible bachelor around, him. but he turned out to be somebody who's got more clout. He turns out to be somebody who is an extremely vulgar person. What will happen in a day or two? She will be already phoning okay, parents, please don't take me away from him. So what we understand from this is the real diamonds and pearls are what are within. The pearls of Haya, the diamonds of simplicity, the necklace, the golden necklace of chastity, and of being and accommodating of others being considerate, being kind and compassionate. Now these are the real things that we need to instill in our lives, in the lives of our daughters. They'll be appreciated by their husbands, we need to instill this in our sons also, they'll be appreciated by their wives, and we'll have that kind of society where there will be peace. Unfortunately, because of the lack of this inner diamonds and pearls, there's an abundance of it outside, but because of the lack of it inside, we find that every other home is our food, has become a place on fire. So this is what we need to start working on and this is the lesson we learned from these great personalities. Then to go on, Hazrat
1: Sara alayhi <laughs> she
0: had brought, Hazrat Hajra <laughs> and she had then gifted Hazrat Hazra alayhi <laughs> salam <laughs> to Ibrahim What happened subsequently was the very well-known incident we're not going into many of the details that relate to it, but the well-known incident where right, the was commanded by Allah to leave the Hadra and her infant son in this barren place which is now called Muqarram. So he comes, at that time there was nothing there, there was no vegetation also, there was not a single person living in there, not a drop of water available, nothing and she is being left behind in this place. Raja came by the order of Allah and he leaves them there. So she is also a human being, she also has the concerns, the worries, the fears of any other human being and she's going to be left alone here in this place, that place, nobody here, no means of survival. So as a human being, as an insan, she asks subrayimah sallallahu of ayna tadha? Why are you going? wa tatrukunah fi wadi You're leaving us here behind in this valley al-ladhi reisatihi There's nobody here to be of any consolation to us. Nobody to help us in any way. But he keeps quiet. He doesn't say anything. So she asks the question again. She asks the question a third time. But then she reposes the question. Because she understands her husband is a Nabi of So, she asks the question now differently, and she asks, "Allahu hada, Allah ta'ala commanded you to leave us here? When she asks the question in this manner, he replies and says, Na'am. Yes. Or by indication, he said, Yes. And when she is now informed that this is the command of Allah Ta'ala, her immediate response. Now she is still the same human being. She is still the same insan who has the fears, the concerns, the anxieties like any other human being. She also needs to survive. She also needs shelter. She needs food. She needs somebody to protect her. But now that she knows that Allah Taala has commanded this, her response is isnad alayhi Then in that case, Allah Taala won't allow us to perish. You may proceed we will be in the mercy of Allah. Allah will protect us. Now this is a tremendous lesson that we are learning from this great lady, that she is being left alone in a barren place with a infant child, but because it's the command of Allah she is ready for it, ready to be left alone in a desert. Nowadays, we have to take this lesson. Just a day or two ago, it was an email came from some Lady in some town, or small town somewhere, then in our town, it's because it's so far away from the cities and so on, so there's a lot of social things that happen. And every now and then somebody has a, some function or some invitation, and that invitation, everybody is mixed to, to start over, all kinds of be taking place sometimes, and then there will be music also playing, there will be some dancing taking place, and if I don't go, I will be regarded as unsociable and I will become an outcast. Now this is the lesson. <inaudible> she is ready to stay alone, be left alone in a desert where there is no food, there is no water, there is no shelter, there is no other human being besides herself and her little child. But if it's all of Allah, then she says you may go along. Allah only allows to perish. Allah with us it. So can we compare in any way that we are going to be in the comfort of our own home, in the security of our home, in the comfort of our family, in the protection of our household people, with all the food and everything that we have at our disposal? The only thing will be that some people who are bent on being disobedient to Allah Taala will pass from commenting against us would not maybe may want to associate with us. Is that really any sacrifice compared to this? But in our zaman, in our times, this too is a sacrifice. And inshallah, some inshallah, those who undertake this sacrifice of this time, we have hope in Allah, they will be resurrected alongside the Prophet ﷺ. they will be resurrected alongside the sahabiyah, who underwent untold sacrifices, for the obedience of Allah Allah, Allah. They gave their lives so that they may remain steadfast on deen. They did not want to let one hair's breadth of deen be compromised. And for that they were ready to give their lives as well. We are only going to be subjected to some comments from somebody. We will be subjected to some kind of remarks. Somebody will call us unsociable. Somebody will maybe cut us off from that so-called high society. But in this zaman and this time, this amount of sacrifice also, inshaAllah, in-shallah, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy is very, very great. inshallah He will resurrect us alongside these Tahabiyyahs who gave their lives for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the great lesson that we learn from here, that she was ready for this. And then this sacrifice that she made, what was the end result of this sacrifice? The end result of that sacrifice, one is what is going to come in the us for her, obviously. But in this dunya it brought barakat for her and brought such barakat that the whole world is enjoying that barakat till kiyamah. That it was this qurbani that she accepted to say that she did not start questioning the kumana that what is the logic in this? Why did I do that here? What wrong did I do? And what is the logic in this? no. no. What is the command of I did? I know this much, that is enough. What is the logic, is what unfortunately we want to know in many things. What is the logic in purdah? What is the logic in not intermingling with the different genders? What is the logic behind the command of wa Allah wa-armahee that the woman are told remain firmly at home? What is the logic in interest in haram? What is the logic in this? What is the logic in that? Do we have that amount of understanding? that we can understand the unlimited wisdom of Allah Ta'ala. Our minds are very, very, very limited. And Allah Ta'ala's hikmat is unlimited. And we want to question Allah Ta'ala's unlimited hikmat It is like a child in grade zero, and before grade zero, grade R, who's still reverse he here. And he's saying to the mathematician that all this x plus y times double. Multiply by double z or z squared and so on, all this is all gibberish, doesn't make sense. I passed gibberish when I was two years old. So now that the mathematician was telling you know, you stay within your words. You don't know what's going on here, if you come here, then you worry about it. So likewise, Hathya is teaching us this lesson, don't get into the logic of things in the commands of Allah Wa ta'ala. Submit totally. It is the command of Allah Ta'ala, this is it. Then a person remains steadfast." And this is where a person will get the best of dunya and the best of akhirat as well. Thereafter we find that Hazrat Hadir alayhi salatu al- if, if she is left behind, Ismail alayhi this little child is left behind, and the barakat spoke about that qurbani, that this qurbani that they made, this became the means of the ummah gaining zamzam. Zamzam came out of this Quran, and everybody is being nourished by this, and the whole world takes it and goes back home, and billions of pieces are being pumped out, and this barkat is continuous. This is the barkat of this qurbana So this is the lesson we learn that when we make sacrifices for Allah, Allah Atara will fill our hearts, full of our lives, full of our rizq with barkat. And barkat is the real thing. Barkat is what we have to seek. Then Ibrahim is a he leaves them there and then he turns to leave, he goes behind some little hill where he is no seen and he turns to Allah Dua. Though this is related to Ibrahim Israel, but it was linked to this incident, so we just finish up on this du'a. He turns to Allah Tabarathara, Rapana inni askandum gurdiya, and the Vedik al-Mahram. Ya Allah I've left my family in this bird place near your sacred house. And why? First thing, first aspect that he mentions, Rabbanah, your name is Salah. Ya Allah, so that they may establish Salah in their lives. Salah is the most important thing in the lives of our families. We need to make sure that everybody at home is punctual on their Salah. Nobody is missing out their Salah. And thereafter he says, min al ilayhim Ya Allah, you turn the hearts of people towards them. This is the offshoot of Salah, and the offshoot of obedience to Allah 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 makes such a person beloved to others. Then there will be muhabbat between spouses. Then there will be muhabbat between parents and children. Then everybody has the muhabbat of Allah Everybody has the obedience of Allah Then there will be muhabbat in the extended family. Then there will be muhabbat. There can be still some ups and downs. There will be still sometimes some challenges. But in all those challenges also, that is get resolved very easily, very quickly and the muhabbat won't be disrupted. Provided that everybody around has got the obedience of Allah, has got the muhabbat of Allah. So this is the aspect. So he made dua, then he made dua, وَرَضُقْهُمْ مِنَهْ Ya Allah, you blessed them with the fruits. Now he making dua with the place. He could have made dua, Ya Allah, you make this place very fertile. But he didn't make that dua. He said, Ya Allah, you bring the fruits to them. What was this? Ya Allah, you bring the dunya to them, let them be engaged in deen. So there will be some engagement in dunya, they will have to still earn some living sometimes, they'll do some things, but their hearts must not be occupied in that to certain extent that they've got no time for them. So, Ya Allah, you bring the dunya to them. Let them be immersed in thee. So, this is something that we have to be this aspiration for our children, that primary aspiration is for thee. And then it says, Ya Allah, so that they may be grateful to you. That even the ni'mas and the bounties of dunya must become deen. It must become a means of getting closer to Allah. All. It does not take a person away from Allah. So, all these are the various lessons that we learn. There are many, many other aspects, time has run out. But these are the great personalities of deen that we need to emulate. These are the people who have left a very great legacy for us. And these are the people we need to follow in their footsteps. In their footsteps lies the great solutions to a problem and the difficulties etc. What we need to do? We need to establish Pali in our homes. This is what we learn from all the various lessons. Establish Pali in our homes. Make sure this takes place regularly. Teach your children to recite the daily du'as. Teach them the etiquettes of Islam. And we bring alive all the efforts of them in our homes. The effort of da'wah must be alive in our homes. The effort of Atchiyah that there is some zikr taking place in our homes, there is dua taking place in our homes, there is the remembrance of Allah, there is tilaw of the tarajani, and that there is ta'aleen in our homes. We are learning Deen, some Mas'ali as well, while the are at Ulama So all this in its Alay, then we find that their home will become an example of Jannah, it becomes become an example of Jannah. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, keep me also the coffee, a keep all of us a coffee. that we invite the great lessons from the lives of these great personalities, in تبارك الله of the في the Lord is the Lord. الحمد لله رب العالمين. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله. اللهم is the Lord. عليك. أنت is إثنيت على نفسك. Lord الله بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء مدير الله إن أسمك بالخير ما سألك من ربيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر نستعادك من ربيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك المذار ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلطه سيدنا محمد وآله أصحاب المعين والحمد لله